Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. I am not a gun. I'm Jeff, and I have a dream. I'm Spencer, and Hogarth Hughes is my cousin. I'm Tepper, and I got a question for you. If someone enjoys bullying, is it really bullying anymore? I I don't care, just bullying me. <laughs> This week, we'll be watching The Iron Giant, directed by Brad Bird, released in 1999. This film was the first traditionally animated feature to have a major character who is fully computer-generated. Sorry, can I just take a quick moment and, like, I'm just imagining the director for an animated film, like, after they the animators have done, like, this whole huge scene, and, you know, it's taken them, like, months and months to, like, frame-by-frame, frame, painstakingly produce this like action sequence and then he's like i want the camera angle at a different spot and then they had to redraw everything yeah i can imagine that would have been a nightmare brad bird was actually a uh, one of the animators of of the movie so i guess he could tell himself that on the fly which is helpful jeff and i both brought this movie this week why uh yeah, I just, I like good movies, and this is, it's one of those things where, um, it's not, like, that much out there, like, it's not that much Twilight zone or, like, recently there was, um, uh, Netflix had, I think it's Love, Death, and Robots, like, this movie's a little bit out there, but it's definitely something where kids would like it, because it's a giant robot, and, like, I could definitely see a lot of parents going in the theater and being like, okay, I'm taking my kid to see the new cartoon, and then walking out and being like, okay, that movie wasn't really presenting any sort of, like, new information, but it at least was, like, it's still trying to tell you something. Sorry, that was that was very long-winded, but the movie <laughs> still has a good message. Yes, it very much does. Uh, personally, this is potentially my favorite childhood film. I really love this movie, and just any time, any time I watch it, it just like fills my soul with joy. I often, whenever we're looking back on these, kind of get caught up in the technical details. So I think I'm gonna be impressed by this movie. Like I think going, like thinking back, like just trying to imagine the scenes in my head without even like going on, you know, YouTube and rewatching anything, knowing that we were gonna record this. Like, the animation was very clean, and then, yeah, all of, like, the 3D or CGI, however they, they did some of it, also, like, in my head, like, it, I remember it being pretty darn well done for the time, because I think this came out in, in, like, the early 90s, like, around the time we were, most of us were born. Late 90s. 99. Oh, late 90s. Okay, sorry. I thought this movie came out earlier than it did. I thought it was, like, 92. Same year as The Matrix. And same opening weekend as The Sixth Sense, which is why it did very poorly in box office. Oh, that's too bad. Huh. I mean, I imagine it must have made some of that back up in home movies and rentals because... Hopefully. Yeah, it was... Uh, when I was a kid, I would see it, like, um, like DVDs of it all over the place. Yeah, I think it's just, like... And again, it's not, like, in that way when I say, like, inoffensive. Like, I mean it in the bad way of like oh this movie didn't take like any risks it's like no that but this is just 
kind of like again like i feel like at any point in time you could be like we're gonna put on like the iron giant and who could ever like get unless it was like oh my parents showed me that movie a hundred times it's like i think anyone would be kind of be down to just go like yeah i'll like watch part of that yeah yeah i see i see what you're saying and like it is very good with what it does is the feeling i'm getting from you guys oh yeah again like this i wouldn't say this movie is perfect but again with i don't want to say what happens in it or spoil it because it is a cool journey don't worry i already know but but yeah oh yeah you'll you'll yeah again it's one of those things where culturally you'll probably know the gist of it but it's just kind of again like it handles its material well and executes like its visuals and sound design pretty well and it's just kind of like huh like i'm I'm obviously again gonna be like re-watching for me so like i'm gonna be trying to pick it apart but i'm just kind of like as a whole like, again, kind of looking at it as more than the sum of its parts. Like, again, it's just like, damn, this is just... Like, again, at the... <laughs> right now, remembering it, I have nothing bad to say about it. Like, it's just... Like, it feels like I'd have to want to attack it to say anything bad about this movie. Yeah, it's like, we've had a couple of those movies where it's like, it's really hard to... Because, like, generally you just kind of go like, it's good! And, like, it does everything really well where you'd have to kind of have really exceptional technical knowledge of certain aspects of like film and animation and things to really actually dig in and go here's what's wrong with this so yeah sorry right. i've gone on for a bit uh other than having seen it a bunch uh yeah what do ivan and spencer think about this movie before we get into it oh jeff's the host now excellent i can just sit back you don't want to give me that kind of power man. <laughs> i am <laughs> I am wildly irresponsible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I kind of said my piece, like I could go on about it for probably as long as the movie, but I don't know if, I don't think I owned it. My babysitter owned it and then like definitely saw it on TV a couple times. I I think I got it for Christmas on VHS and it came with a tiny plastic iron giant statuette. I oh, saw I remember those. those. Yeah. I remember that at my... I'm pretty sure about my uh, babysitter's place. I really like how this movie is like a period piece, if you know what I mean. Like, I think it really captures the aesthetic of of the time that it's set in very well. Mm. Yeah. I like that. The time will find out, unless Tepper happens to know it already. I don't know it exactly, but I've I, again, I've seen parts from it. I don't actually remember, yeah, so I don't want to make a stab at it, but I'm, does it not take place, like, in the current time? Like, if no. it was made in, like... 99 uh, it's like uh the military uses like world war ii style jeeps uh, okay but there's like battleships it is it is it's out of time but we will get into the exact year after i was yeah time. sorry i was just kind of looking for like a yes or no like oh yeah. did it take place in its time yeah it, it kind of yeah. sorta sounds like no because the 90s were not the mid 1940s anywho uh <laughs> we're now showing tepper the poster for the first time uh you can describe the poster and tell us what you think it's about. I will say there are many different Iron Giant posters. This oh, one claims to be the original, so... Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a good one. Uh, so, it looks like... Is that a moon in the background? Or am I, like, blind? Uh, it's definitely... It looks like a planet. It could be the moon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, giant, like, moon on the top half. Uh, at the top, it says... Some secrets are too huge to hide. In the foreground is the uh, Iron Giant. 
uh, and he is holding the uh, kid in the movie, and the light from his eyes is, like, shining on the kid. And it's just, it's kind of like a neat, like, bluish uh, background uh, across the board, and then at the bottom, like, uh, pure black, and then just says, The Iron Giant. And uh, in the A of uh, giant, it's like a silhouette of the giant. It's get it. I'm I'm kind of glad that they used blue because if this was like it's primarily is blue and like it almost yeah. looks almost water watercolor ish. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, I was thinking of a best word to describe it. But yeah, watercolor ish is is a good way. Yeah. But it just to me, again, like the first thing I saw when I looked at this is I was getting like, like it's a little bit spooky. So I was like, yeah. I'm getting Evangelion flashbacks and I don't <laughs> like it. Congratulations. I will, <laughs> Congratulations. I will, Congratulations. I will share one more poster because this one is, the, this one also seems to be a very common one. And like, it looks, it's a drastically different and also kind of like, I definitely prefer, I definitely prefer the first one. Okay, throw it my way. Oh, but that's like super that's throw. Cool. Like that would yeah. have came out in the time period the movie I think is representing. Yes, yeah, that's, which is definitely that's... the intention of it. Yeah. Uh, so this poster is like a uh, like throwback old school sci fi style poster where at the top it says like it came from outer space uh, uh, exclamation mark uh, and it's got the giant running from with the kid again in his hands running from uh, fighter planes in the background. And um, at the bottom, it has it just says the Iron Giant once again, uh, once again with the A having the silhouette. And on the left side uh, and right side are scared. Like on the left is uh, scared civilians. On the right is scared military men uh, looking up at the giant. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like an old school, like yeah, like sci-fi propaganda type poster. Yeah, it's which, cool. Which is obviously so, the inspiration on that one. Yeah. I had to wait until Tepper was finished his enthralling description of the movie poster. Okay. Um, hey, but... if you don't like my descriptions, you describe it. Oh, I you only missed you only glossed over one detail that oh, okay. is both my favorite and least favorite thing about this poster. Okay. Let's hear it. The subtitle looks like it's in fucking Comic Sans. And I'm a font person. Oh, like you mean it came from outer space? Yeah, like, like oh. I just look at that and I'm just like, like literally, like there, there is, there is anger building up inside of me. I guess like I really associate it with like the old school sci-fi oh, it, posters. It so yeah, like, I think that's of, what it's supposed to look so, like. So that that font doesn't like like when that font like that doesn't bother me. It's when like Comic Sans is used in places where it shouldn't be used, and that's where it bothers me. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's also like like I definitely prefer the first poster, but that one is also pretty cool. Yeah, the, you can very much tell the the intent of that second one, and like they pull it off yes. quite nicely. But the first one is just very pretty. Yeah. Another small detail I've noticed is in both of them they have like power lines on just like your standard, you know, like wooden pole. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's that's just the scale to show you like, look, this dude is like two or three times as high as like you know those thirty. 40 foot wooden poles you, you see everywhere he's but, a giant you could say but again like that's just like i think it's interesting that in both of these um posters are pretty different in tone and yeah. they both include that like visual element yeah it is an interesting connection between the two i'm just like this episode i'm trying really hard to like prove to our listeners that i'm smart 
<laughs> Your validation means so much to me. Right, right in. Let me know. Don't validate him. It will go right to his head. So, uh, yeah. How about you let us give us a brief rundown of what you know about the movie and then what you think you did yeah, from most, this movie? I mostly know, like, uh, like I remember pretty well the ending section of the movie. So the giant going through town, getting shot at by the military, the battleship shooting, the uh, intelligence officer who's cowardly calling in the nuke and then uh the iron giant saying goodbye flying into space superman uh and then like the after credits of like his parts reassembling i think like they go to like the kid's house or something like that um and then there's like a few isolated scenes i remember like there's a scene with the um i can't remember his name uh but the guy in the second poster on the left uh, he goes to, like, the junkyard and nearly, like, triggers the Iron Giant. Like, he's got this thing where, like, if you point guns at him, it, like, triggers a defensive response. Uh, and also something earlier in the movie about, like, TVs getting disrupted. Uh, yeah, like, like the, like, the whole, like, kind of, like, first half of the movie, three, first three quarters of the movie, I don't know a lot about. Most of what I know is, like, the last quarter. Yeah, and you... Yeah, you described those pieces that you remember pretty well, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I was very impressed by the, like, last kind of quarter of the movie um, that I saw. And uh, I look forward to, like, seeing it in context and, like, seeing the whole movie in one go. I will be interested to know, without suggesting at all who it is, if you can guess who some of the voice actors are. If you already don't know some, there's some neat trivia about this movie about some of the voice actors, one in particular, so. Yeah, I know. Just just see if you can pick anyone out. Yeah, I know the, like, the giant has, uh, god, I can't remember who it is. Yeah, okay, exactly, if you can't remember who it it, is, then let's, let's. But I know, because it's always a trivia point, was it, same guy who voiced Groot, right? Uh. Oh, well, who voiced Groot? The Rock? <laughs> no. You're uh, not, like, no. super far off, but... No, it's... Again, I want to see if you can get it after God. the movie. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, can't uh, get it now, then... Yeah, yeah, like, like I said, like, I'm... I, you guys know, like, I'm close enough. Like, it gets brought up around him a lot, so... Trick question. Uh, it's Mila Jovovich. Fuck. <laughs> Multibass. <laughs> fuck. That's what uh, I'm, I'm now. I'm just imagining like when the the military comes with their guns, he just like reaches into his wallet and he's like, "Bull deep ass." <laughs> oh my god! Please don't. Um, yeah, yeah, that movie was fine, except yeah. for the, Chris Tucker. He was fine. He I will me. this. I Tepper. I've chosen this hill, and I will die oh, on okay. it. Okay, okay. Like it's a dumb hill to die on, but I will respect your hill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for respecting my hill. This I is my personal space. Yeah, yeah, like like I'll walk around your hill and it's fine. It was it was uh, Fifth Element was was a fun movie. All right, we'll see you after the film. Hey, where you going, champ? Slugger? Hey, cowboy? Where you going? Where you going? I'm going out. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? It was great. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a damn good movie. It's um, so good. Yeah, I mean it's it's 
basically what I expected from what I could remember about the movie. Um, and just across the board, like, pretty damn good. Uh, it's really hard to think of anything to criticize about it. Um, Clint. Uh, but it was like a perfect length. Like, it hit all the notes it wanted to hit in terms of, like, theme and emotions. Um, it didn't wear out its welcome, which is something I really appreciate about it. Uh, I, I would say, like, for me, I was the least engaged in, like, the first kind of quarter slash third of the movie. But it's kind of the consequence of this movie is, like, it requires setup. Like, it's like a superhero origin story, right? Like, uh, there's always a little bit of, like, world building and character building that needs to be done before you can get to the really good stuff. But the, uh, like, the middle and the, especially the last third of the movie were uh, really, really good. Um, like, like, for me, like, like, the last third was just absolutely exceptional. Uh, when he, like, oh, man, it's, oh, it's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, like... uh... Like, the opening is a bit slow, but, like, Dean and Kent really carry the early bits before we get a good look at the giant. Yeah. Like, Kent delivers his skeevy lines so well. Oh, man. Like, uh, uh, so, I I guess we'll, like, jump to characters. Dean is amazing. We don't deserve Dean. Dean a lot. Dean is, oh my god, like, he... I think I've secretly always wanted to be Dean. <laughs> I just only now came to that realization. Dean just like at like and very much appropriately reacts when he just like pours his coffee out and walks away. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that was a very appropriate reaction to have, but then like the next day when he wakes up the robot's still there, like he actually goes like 110% in. Like he does way he goes above and beyond, essentially. Like, he goes from business to dad. Yeah. Over, like, overnight. But, but I mean, like, even before that, like, I, I mean, it's part of his, like, beatnik thing, but, like, he's just a really chill and, like, relaxed person. Like, like normally when you get, like, one of those squirrel scenes, like, where it's like, oh, like, there's a thing in my pants. Huge overreaction, lots of anger. For him, he's just like, okay, like, I found your pet. Like, okay, like, this is getting really bad. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and just unleashes the squirrel. Um, but, like, you know, like, like uh, he's really cool with the kids, like, antics, too. Like, right off the bat, he's just like, yeah, uh, like, don't worry about it. To his, like, mom, like, he's like, it's, it's cool. Like, he's a kid. Um, yeah, for a guy who lives alone in a shack doing metalworking art with, like, junk... He's, like, remarkably tolerant of random children. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a demographic that you think has a ton of overlap. Yeah, I, I think it's, like, because, like, he really, like, I mean, it, like, he embodies the words of, like, you choose who you want to be. Yeah. So I think, like, for him, uh, uh, kids are still at that stage of, like, yeah, yeah, no, like, you choose who you want to be, like, go and do your thing, like, if you want to get up to antics in my junkyard, like, hey, as long as you're not too crazy, like, fucking go ahead and do it. Um, so, well, I mean, like, he gave, like, espresso, like, oh, man, that's, that scene was good, too. Gave espresso to, a ki- like, a kid. <laughs> it was just cool about it. That scene was personally animated by the director, Brad Bird. Nice. They all think that 
<laughs> they'll think I want to be smarter than them, but I just do the stupid homework. If they did the stupid homework, they'd be like this, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man, um, the agent yeah. was so, so, like, Kent he's, like... Mansley. I work for the government. <laughs> yeah, I work for the government. He's, like, skeevy, you know, but, like, he, he fills that, like, kind of role in the movie. Uh, and this is where, like, I want to talk about, like, the animation for a little bit. Oh, my God. The animation elevates that whole performance. Like, like the voice acting was really good. The lines were really good. But when they do that montage of him just, like, creeping the kid all over the house. Champ. <laughs> yeah. But, Slugger. Bud. Cap, uh, cowboy. Where you going? That was, that was so fucking funny. I'm going out. Yeah, I, uh, just why don't you, why don't you take Mr. Mansley with you? Well, like like fuck. And when he's like when the kid's on the phone, and like Mansley, like the door just opens and he like the way his head peeks out. Holy fuck! Like that. Yeah, it was so funny. That's funny. what I think. That he was he was genetically designed to have a pointy chin so he could uh, like just push his head into doorways. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the topic of the animation, I find it really remarkable how fluid it seemed while at the same time, t- like, maintaining very consistent proportions. So, like, a, a lot of the time when you see people, like, when you when you see very expressive animation, the they, they kind of, like, flex the way the character is Yeah, like, uh, smears, I think they're called. Like, yeah. Like, like, imagine the arms get longer or something like that. Yeah, where, like, in motion it looks fine, but if you were to say, like, pause it in a certain, like, like midway through their action, it would look disgusting. But, like, it it seemed very, like, the, the characters seemed very solid in that way, if you know what I mean. It seemed, it seemed yeah. like they were, they were the right size the whole time. And, and, well, and across the board, the facial expressions were amazing. Like, Dean... God, I can't remember the exact scene, but he does this thing where, like, he, like, his eyebrows raise, like, a couple times as he's, like, thinking, and it's, oh, it's really good. Um, While we're on the visuals, too, the, like, some of the editing just in, well, yeah, kind of, like, the, there were two things that stuck out to me. They did a lot of, like, rotating shots, which is, like, really impressive because they probably just did have a reference shot and then kind of had the artist replicate it because it was really smooth. And then just some of the other times, like, they did montage cuts. Yeah. Or the time when he's just trying to explain to Dean, like, you should keep it here. And then it just cuts to, like, 35 minutes later. And he's just standing outside his door yelling. Like, there oh, were, again, so like, good. just there were a couple, like, really good times where, like, again, like, visually. And I think there's just kind of less to, like, if a movie does a good job with its audio... Like, whether it's the score or the voice acting, it's kind of just, like, like, good job. But when you, like, go up, I think this movie goes above and beyond visually. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and one thing I really appreciate about it is, like, it nails the physical comedy. Uh, like, there were so many, like, just, yeah, just, like, physical comedy scenes where I was like, that's actually fucking hilarious. I love uh, when Dean just floated down in the chair. I, I, I I, that was I, actually what I was just about to mention. I Sorry, go ahead, I love John. that scene just so much. Just... Hey, yeah, you're in the middle <laughs> of the, the road. Mi- yeah, 
Well, and like the look as the wave is yeah. rising. And like and his just, just like... quick reaction to try to defend himself with the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> and like the way the chair, like it's like he's like floating in the water and then it settles just in the original position. She's like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Um. <laughs> How did the townspeople not notice him? <laughs> He, did you not many, notice? Many, times, it clearly demonstrates that, like, no, he's causing tiny earthquakes, or is, like, 30 fucking feet from the village, and they're all just like, nah, I don't know nothing about I mean, he was, he was typically, like, almost always, like, a mile out, at least. Ex- what about like, the time so- when he goes storming into town at night, stomping down the hill? Yeah, yeah it was at yeah, night. Full speed. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was at night. And as we've discussed, he has a perfect sneak score. When there's no, you can't when notice an him. Earthquake at night. No, he had a passive. It. His yeah. passive is if he's not on screen, you can't hear him. Well, it's yeah. actually just if you haven't noticed him, you can't notice him. Huh? What? Yeah. That's <laughs> why. Like, this sounds like unbeatable. Did you not like? There were no earthquakes when he snuck up on Hogarth, and then as soon as he wanted to be seen. Many earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But only perceivable by Hogarth. Moving on. <laughs> that frustrates me a lot. Um, yeah, so the voice actor for uh, Kent Mansley is Christopher McDonald, our old friend Shooter McGavin. Oh, fuck. Yeah, now now that you mention it, I, I hear the... I hear it. That's and sick, actually. Do you... Hogarth's mom is Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Rachel from Friends. Yes, I, I've never, I've never watched Friends. Neither have I. Oh man, we should watch literally the entire series one night. Yeah, Let's... it'll just. Can take you one do that night. in a night? No, I mean, depends how many screens and at what speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I God. want to know. That's what I want to be <laughs> like a guy in orange. You <laughs> just six screens. You were going to play all of the seasons of Friends at the same time. Um, so, Tepper, have you recalled or figured out who the the giant is? I have not recalled, but I know as soon as you say the name, I'm going to, like, snap my fingers and go, yes, of course. So you were correct, he is also the voice of Groot. It is Vin Diesel. Of course. You stay. I go. No following. That, oh, man... Knowing that that was a callback to an earlier scene now makes that so much better. But, like, the, that delivery and everything with the music and just, uh, like, I was actually tearing up a little bit, like, yeah. when, he did, when that whole part, because was, it was just so effective. It's an absolutely phenomenal movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has 53 words in the, in the movie, not including non-word sounds. So... Is that, like, unique words, or all No, words? definitely not unique words. He says, like, Superman a bunch, and gun a bunch. He says he's not a gun. Yes, which is, involves but the like, word the gun. word gun appears many times. Yeah, he says the word gun, like, five times, and not a gun, like, three-ish. I don't have the actual metrics. So, I just want to talk for a second about how phenomenal the design is on, um, like, uh, attack giant... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they clearly just were like, we have a ton of ideas for how this thing could look, and, like, 90 seconds of screen time to express them. Let's do just, all of them. Yeah, just pack them all in there. And it works. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very much, uh, like, I feel like it's very much, uh, what are a hundred giant robot designs from the 50s? How many of them can we put into one robot? <laughs> Precisely. I want more robot guns. My favorite was the, like, Beyblade he had on his yeah. arm. The Beyblade yeah, just, like, had... started tapping on it and, like, <laughs> oh lightning shot God. out. That one was amazing. I love that one, yeah. I, I like the, um, it, like, shrinks the thing and then vaporizes it. Yeah, the, yeah, the homage to the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, like, going back, like, what's, what's more to the animation? Uh, the animation on his, like, chest blaster when he, like, shoots it and it detonates past the battleship. Oh, man. There's some very beautiful explosions in this movie. Uh, I also really like how he d- almost never uses the same weapon, like, in more than one shot. Yeah. Like, almost every time you see him shooting something, it's it's a new thing that he's shooting, which really gives you the impression that, like, no, he has an incredible arsenal and every single thing in it can take something down yeah yeah like it's exceptionally deadly yes um i guess like speaking about weapons and the giants you guys were mentioning that uh this is the dvd cut which has the extra scene of his memories this is specifically the signature edition which has apparently two previously deleted scenes i only noticed one of them yeah, okay. what's the other one? I'm not sure. I know one thing, what, the other thing about it is that the advertisement that the hand watches on TV is different. It is an advertisement for Tomorrowland, which is what Brad Bird originally wanted it to be, but uh, Disney would not sign off on it. But the scene we saw that we knew we hadn't seen before because we had not seen the signature edition is uh, the Iron Giant dreaming about basically his existence yeah yeah like what he has been what he is now what he might be and dreaming about blowing up the earth that's deep man okay uh so the other new scene is a brief scene between annie and dean at the diner right before dean hauls away the tractor with the bite taken out of it oh true i guess the like the oh, yeah. talking the i had second... seen before yeah. yeah, it's a it's a much shorter scene. Yeah, okay. The first Iron Man movie ripped off like half of its action scenes from like just the Iron Giant fighting the military. Yeah, like <laughs> the 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 scene where he, where the Iron Giant just slows down to avoid the, yeah. the planes, <laughs> just shot for shot redone in Iron Man. <laughs> hey, good material. And he flies away with the nuke like in the Avengers. True. Uh. Uh, one one thing I noticed about this movie too, and it's something like I notice in uh, like a decent amount of movies, is uh, whenever like the U.S. military is portrayed, usually any problems that the U.S. military get up are the cause of some rogue agent, usually someone from the CIA, which makes the U.S. military always look good. Just something I, I mean, noticed. Yeah, that's your tax dollars. At work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. Like, I I know, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know, I'm sure you know, like, the U.S. military will lend equipment and stuff like that to movies, but in return they get to go, like, nick certain things from your movie. Well, yeah, like, it's one of the things that's famous about the Transformers movies, and I think it was the second Avengers movie 
that failed to be patriotic enough because it was, you know, like kind of about how those institutions screw up. That sounds like Winter Soldier. Whatever. <laughs> They're all the same. It, it doesn't fine. matter. Don't uh, don't ever ask Spencer which Avengers movie is which. Okay. Um, While we're on the government institutions, though, that was another great reaction when oh. he comes up to the house for the first time, and Hogarth just—he's like, "Hi, I'm from the government," and Hogarth just closes the door like. Yeah, you have trained so your good. kid very well, Mrs. Hughes. Appropriate reaction, yeah. Like, that's exactly what you should do. He doesn't... Well, like, the third time the door's opened, when it, when it's his mother, he doesn't even introduce himself. He just, like, can I use your phone? Yeah, well, what, what, like, what was it? Uh, I think, like, the kid goes, like, yeah, 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 you're Mansley, you're, you work for the government. He's like, I wasn't gonna say that, but all right. Well, that's the fourth time he comes to the door. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Because, like, like... It, Hogarth closes it on him twice, and then yeah, his mother opens it, and and he just get gets a face full of breasts. Yeah, he's a real creep about that. On that note, I really like that Dean and um, Mom end up together. Yeah, because like it's obviously like they're in the subtext, but like it it's never like it's never really a focus of the the movie other than the fact that dean is obviously a great father figure yeah yeah and like the the diner scene that gets added in this edition we watched definitely helps that like that's just enough of an, of an addition to really make that work because considering they're pretty they're supporting characters but yeah especially like... in the 90s nothing says i slay pussy like a soul patch <laughs> don't forget the glasses Especially when those 90s are the 50s. Yeah. It's true. Why would he have... Yeah, actually, why did he have a... He would have gotten beat up by everyone in town for having a soul patch. <laughs> That's in, why... After World War II. That's why he defended the crazy fisherman. He's already going to get beat up. Yeah. He knows the crazies have got to stick together. Dean was just 40 years ahead of his time. Yeah. Like, he... Oh, man. Like, he was such a great character. Trying to think, like, like we've gone over animation, we've gone over kind of like characters. It had kind of a small cast, but I think that really works in this movie's favor. Yes, like it, it gives everyone a chance to get the screen time they need, especially since the movie's really not that long. Like it breezed by. Um, I think a lot of animated movies, like even modern ones, their runtime's about ninety minutes because like anything longer is just so expensive to produce. Well, and, and like the way they stru- – uh, like like I was saying earlier, like the way they structure the story, they make sure the movie doesn't overstay its welcome. Like they hit everything they need to and then they go, okay, wrapping it up. Um, I guess like some other – I'm just going through my notes at the moment. Um, damn Canadians. Like when, when he's uh, – he didn't explicitly say that, but when he goes through like the – we don't know who made this thing. Like, it could be, like, the Russians. It could be anyone. It could be the Canadians. <laughs> I just I just thought that was pretty amusing. The idea of our government building an iron giant. Yes, it's, it's crazy. No, no Canadians possibly know about that program. What? Continue. Hmm? Oh, all right. I didn't hear anything. Um, I like... I, I guess, like, one thing else, just the, going back to the characters, because I forgot to mention this earlier, 
I like how they make the kid feel like a kid without being unlikable. Because, like, I find sometimes in, like, TV shows and stuff like that, they go, like, they it's really easy to make a kid unlikable by just making them stupid. Um, but they balance it with the kid in Iron Giant really well by, it's like, no, like, he's very clever, but he also has, like, the kid tendencies of, like, uh, like, when Dean is like, hey, we can't keep this thing hidden forever, and he's like, nah, we, like, totally can, things are cool, um, or, like, a lot of his talk where he's like, yeah, like, like, I'm so cool, and everything else like that, like, Population Coolsville, or whatever, um, it's cheesy, but, like, it's cute. Uh, but but it's exactly what I imagine a kid would say. Like, it's exactly what I imagine he would say to try to impress Dean. Which... Yeah. Is, it's, which I was like, hey, like, I actually really appreciate that. And, like, the stuff that he was doing with the giant was, I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly to an extent what I expect a kid to do with the yeah. giant. Well, like, especially, I, you know. especially with the giant, he's trying to, like, be, like, kind of an older brother. Like, he's trying to like show him the ropes and yeah <laughs> but like have a good time while doing it and stuff see i really like hogarth's character but i actually kind of think of him from the other angle where i like that in these kind of movies a lot of the time even if the kids is dumb like they are con- clever when it's convenient but hogarth mm. was pretty consistent like the oh, things yeah, he yeah. tried obviously didn't go like horribly bad but they didn't always necessarily work right away uh, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like, he is consistently clever. Like, like whenever he does stuff, it's never like, okay, he just pulled shit out of his ass. And, like, and like yeah, he does fail, like, several times. Um, particularly the camera scene and, like, he makes mistakes that end up, you know, putting him in danger. Um, and, but, like, he clearly doesn't have a plan. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> His plan is, like, hang out with my new robot friend forever with impunity. Yeah, and, like, like his interactions with Dean really highlight that. Because, like, Dean is very much like, yeah, yeah, like, like listen, kid, like, I love this, but, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of dangerous. And he's just like, nah, like, everything's fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciated how they, they portrayed him in this movie. And they did a really good job of, like, creating a believable kid who is, like, both a kid but at the same time likable. Yeah. Also, props to Dean for immediately understanding the situation ab- about uh, the Iron Giant reacting to guns and, suppo- <laughs> yeah. and supporting Hogarth the entire way. And, oh, like, actually, you bringing it up, like, I love that Dean reacted exactly the way he should have like an adult in that case where it's like no like he's shooting lasers like okay this is a problem but then afterwards exactly like you said he goes like wait hold on when he's got time to actually think about what was happening it's like no no like uh this is how it works let's go save the giant and like Um, in in the realm of him or on i guess the topic of him being like a father figure like it's clear that his first response is like back off and stop shooting lasers yeah and like very clearly reacts like no it does not matter what your problem is you need to call co- you like it, you need to stop yeah yeah if you need to take your lasers elsewhere 
Yeah. Dean did make one mistake in the movie, though. What? Uh, you cannot ride a motorcycle in the winter like that. <laughs> that snow Are came you down with fast. A child on the back and no helmet. Like it started snowing, and then they like got like he starts running down the street, and then all of a sudden the military's driving through like a foot of snow, and you see Dean just like tearing it down this road, <laughs> like drifting on his motorcycle, and I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, I give it a pass simply because. Go, uh, going back to like the animation and everything it's so beautiful oh like, no i'm just that... making a goof that again oh, like yeah, yeah dean was such like uh, again like the perfect gentleman like the whole movie and like funny when like the movie required it and then like the one time like dean's like i'm actually gonna break physics <laughs> everybody gets one yeah i mean like in a similar vein like battleships especially just after world war Two, not that accurate um, and certainly, like, firing battleship guns, which are huge, by the way, uh, into a populated town. Mm. <laughs> Did you see how bad the tank missed? That guy should not be a tank yes. operator. Oh my god, yeah, that, that tank miss was, uh, <laughs> oof. Like, if I was the general, there. immediately after, like, chewing out Mr. Chin, I would have been like, okay, everybody out of that tank. Who fucking fired that? <laughs> who the fuck did that especially because it's not like they're at war where they've just conscripted random people and have had to get them to drive tanks like this is the like standing army like presumably these people are career soldiers uh yeah at this point it would be mostly professional soldiers and and like i have to imagine that you don't call in the new recruit to drive a tank through a c- civilian town in maine yeah, especially on a top secret mission. But uh yeah. That that guy was pretty bad. That is actually how the American military operates though. Like if they don't know what they're doing, then their opponents can't anticipate what they're going to do. No. It's true. That's just science. Um Yeah, like I think that's that's really pretty much all the things like yeah, like, I'm trying to think of, like, more to say, but it's really, um, I guess, like, talking about the dialogue, when, uh, Mansley, like, is talking with the kid and just goes, like, I'll be seeing you soon. Oof, things you don't want to hear from a, from a government agent, ever. I guess, I'm just trying to think of, like, overall, the sound design was really good, but I can't really think of any memorable, like, music, like, I don't think it really used any licensed music. So it kind of just, you know, probably had a f- fair soundtrack. Just, again, like, every once in a while, audio, I think I feel like especially it's hard to go, like, above and beyond. Like, there's very few movies, like Star Wars, where you can, like, think of more than one theme. Yeah, um, I think with this movie, the, uh, the music did its job, like, like, the music did exactly what it needed to do. Oh, yeah, again, I'm not complaining, I'm just kind oh, of, yeah, like, yeah. as we're on, like, our final notes i'm like okay no again sound design good music was or again sound design really good music just kind of like i'm just i can't i'm saying i can't remember anything yeah it it it, yeah uh, just like my thoughts on it was like it did its job but stayed in the background like it wasn't trying to like capture any attention i felt like it was really just trying to be like you know here's like some music to go along with the scene and add like an emotional note to it but your the focus is on on the scene and what's happening in it. But I mean, like, yeah, like it's hard 
Um, I'm having like the same issue I had like when we were talking about Back to the Future with this movie, where I'm just like, it's just really good across the board. Like, there's so little to really criticize, and you can only praise like the writing and the animation and uh, the voice acting like so much before you're just going in circles. Um, and it well, and it's just so self-contained, similar to even though Back to the Future was kind of intended as a trilogy like you can really just see the first back to the future and be like wow no like they tied up almost all the loose ends we're like iron giant even more so they don't really set up much more than what they set out to do so like at the end of iron giant you're just kind of like yeah there wasn't like any Chekhov's gun that like got left unfired the iron giant will return in ready player one in avengers (laughs) four Oh, wait, they actually probably did use him in that movie, they didn't did. they? They did. They did. Also, stealing my joke. <laughs> okay, sorry. Credit to John. He made that joke earlier. Um, I just stole it, that's all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they had to fire their Chekhov's guns. The Iron Giant is not a gun. Um, he has many guns. Yeah, he's on a, a giant metal body. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the message of the movie, if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess we, we didn't really dive into the themes of the movie. I it kind of slipped my mind. I guess it's Don't like... you afraid of communists. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, one message is obviously, again, like, be true to yourself, but there's also kind of, like, don't, like, violence isn't the answer. Yeah, so... Yeah. So, this movie actually has a sad origin, um... Brad Bird was inspired to make this movie as a memorial to his sister who died at the hands of her husband uh, by gun violence. And so his pitch was, what if a gun had a soul and didn't want to be a gun? Damn. Yeah. That's actually, like, incredibly sad. Fuck. Yeah. Well, like, he nails it. Like, it's, um... Like, the line, like, you choose who you want to be is really effective and what i like is they don't go like overboard like it never feels like the movie is at least to me it never felt like the movie was preaching to me like the movie wasn't like sitting there like jabbing me in the chest going like guns are bad guns are bad violence is bad all right like it was really like it worked within the story it, it felt like it flowed naturally from both what the kid would believe and like with what was happening in the story um which which is something i like because like i hate being preached like even if i agree with the message i hate like shows games anything that just wants to preach to me um and this movie does like at least in my opinion does a pretty good job of like avoiding that and like yeah like the themes are pretty simple but like very effective you know like like violence violence is bad um you know you choose who you want to be uh be true to yourself and so it's like three three pretty simple themes that we've seen done before in you know countless movies but here it's um it's just done very effectively uh and and this is something like i've been thinking about a bit is like sometimes it's like a movie doesn't need to be you know, radically new, doing something crazy that you've never seen before. Sometimes just a really simple but well done story 
is more effective than any amount of crazy twists or other nonsense you can stuff into it. What do you guys think? You mean you don't want it stretched out into two more movies and a, a no. whole battle scene? No. All right, I got I got to call Peter Jackson up then. And can't cancel this deal. Oh no. We fucked over all of New Zealand for it, so you know, like we may as well make the damn movie. I found an inter- a weird piece of trivia. Warner Brothers right. originally wanted John Travolta to be the voice of Dean and Arnold Schwarzenegger to be the voice of Kent Mansley. Well, of course they would. Star power, right? Yeah, yeah. that's just a... weird. Yeah, those that's would be bizarre. crazy. Kids, where is the robot? <laughs> Where's the robot? <laughs> Slamming his wrist. Oh I work God. for the government. Like, yeah, like Schwarzenegger would not have remotely been able to pull off what that Kent Mansley ended up being. Yeah, Shooter, Shooter McGavin was perfect for that. Yeah. It would have been a very different Kent Mansley. Yeah. Yeah, that's just... I, I can't even... Like, I'm trying to imagine how it'd be like, but it's just... It, it's like when you... You know when you, like, see in, like, an actor uh in a movie and like he nails the role perfectly and then you hear like later oh like here's some of their alternatives and you're just like but why um that's that's how it feels like with this too like everyone voicing like everyone all the voice actors in this movie hit all the role like perfect across the board lately um, i've been trying to imagine like if i could just replace any one character in a movie and like their role and and dialogue wouldn't change but if i could just replace them with samuel l jackson and he gets one motherfucker so i think in this movie it would have to be the robot <laughs> just giant samuel l jackson <laughs> and be... just like at some point in the movie like I'm, I'm not, a, not gun. a gun yeah you stay i go no following motherfucker <laughs> good is this a new bit we have to add to our episodes which character would we replace with samuel jackson i mean i vote yay <laughs> i i i say yay as well it is an interesting option i do like it wow I'm just reading now. I'm just reading a bunch of trivia about how well researched they they did for the time period of this movie. They they nailed the feel, yeah. Like the the time, like um, the look of like all the military equipment was like spot on. Like that's post war U.S. military. Well, like and like the film takes place in October 1957, the same month that and year that Sputnik was launched. The there's an advertisement in the newspaper that Dean is reading that is apparently perfectly recreated damn yeah so i guess, I guess actually thinking about it, some of their equipment might mostly the guns because it looks like they're still using like world war ii rifles which by 57 i feel like they would have replaced um but most of the equipment's pretty accurate anyway i mean it also kind of like they might they might have been from like they would have been from a smaller base probably in maine so they might not have even had yeah they might have had like the reserve stuff I'll give them a pass on it just because it really doesn't matter that much. I'm just being, you know, nitpicky. Um... Re Tepper's tops. Perfection. Uh... Man. 
I actually think this one's going to be pretty easy. Oh? Number two slot. All right. Right below Ferris Bueller knocking out the witches that only took that spot to... I shouldn't specify. Wait, is, is Ferris Bueller know. number one? <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller. Right. Been a fun podcast, guys. Nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been number one, well, I mean, obviously since we watched it, but... Yeah. What would you put as your number one, Jeff? Uh, I am not familiar with all the movies we've watched. I'm actually just also, like, I don't want to get into it now, because we're already in the the last section, but I just don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, fair enough. So it seems like a personal thing. Yeah, it's it's very much so a a personal thing, which is why I made the joke. Like, Iron Giant, I think, is a fair thing to put in, like, top three. Like, at least from what I've been on, like, Back to the Future and Iron Giant are, yeah, obvious favorites. Back to the Future is in the number five slot. All right. Uh, um, nice. Yeah. I, I continue to both top and bottom the list. <laughs> uh, so, Kent Mansley. Oh, he was real good. Uh... I think he'll he'll go in the number two slot too. Damn, number two villain, knocking out Grand High Witch from the Witches. Yeah, <laughs> and below Komodo, may he may he reign for eternity. Yeah, and, and and honestly, like I was seriously thinking about whether or not I should put Kent in the number one. Like, on that really note, good. though, like, do you like what kind of criteria do you consider for like? I won't get into business dads yet, but for villains, because, like, Chin Man seemed kind of incompetent, so he was still a good villain, like, he was doing yeah. bad stuff, but, like, he... I would say, like, effective, memorable, like, like effective in the sense of, like, he's a villain, uh, but, like, memorable, uh, also depends how big of a role the villain had, like, there's, like, some of the villains who are, like, a little, uh, like, I guess, like, dumb computer from, um logan's run where like it just kind of like shows up mostly at the end of the movie um <laughs> you know or like uh uh, uh clock stoppers like henry gates where it's just like well that guy's yeah like so forgettable yeah uh whereas like kent manley what i liked about him was like he was he was creepy um he had like a good role in the story um he was the like obvious kind of antagonist in the story. Um, I, I I think for me, like I just really enjoyed his performance. Like I just really enjoyed him as a character. Um, whereas like a bunch of villains on this list are just kind of like, eh, like they're so, so or like kind of forgettable or, uh, Oh yeah. I was really, just... really, really like stock or like cardboard feeling. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I was just a little curious because for me, and again, it's it's your opinion, not mine. Like, if you want to go on f- feeling, then do it. I'm just like, because for me, he was, like, incompetent. I don't, I guess that just, like, when I think, like, oh, like, villain, I'm thinking, like, evil overlord, where he was, like, the general was like, don't fire that missile. Yeah, that that's too binary of, like, a, a thing, because then we'd basically be, like, ordering them by power level. Um, for business dads. So it's are we are we it's, gonna? It's uh, obviously Dean. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've got two potential names for him. Artist who sells junk business dad or espresso business dad. If someone else has a suggested name. Espresso and junk business dad. That is also exciting. Metal business dad. He's technically pretty metal. He is. He literally lives in a scrapyard. Well, he's the second most metal guy in the movie. Um, I'm down with the artist who sells junk, Mr. Dad. It is the most wordy we've had. Uh, I find it just captures who he is better than espresso. I don't know, man. That goatee was pretty espresso. <laughs> Soul patch or whatever. Alright, so we've landed on a name, more or less. Where does artist who sells junk business dad land? On, he the, is, on the business to dad scale. He is by far the most dad I think we've had. I, I uh, would have to it, agree. Uh, so yeah, I think he's going to go at the very bottom of the list. Because like, cause like, he has a business, but that's never the, the focus of any of his interactions. With like anyone, really. It's the focus of his interaction with the Iron Giant when he says, don't eat my art. Well, that's not <laughs> even... Which... That's almost not... Like, that's not even really his business. That is his passion. Yes. His business is the junkyard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's more like if someone came into your house and started chewing, like, your family pictures. Like, you'd be like, please don't chew my family pictures. Like, I worked very hard on those. Or, you know... You you know what I mean. I do. It's... It's rude. And he had every right to be upset at the giant. Oh yeah, no one's arguing that he has a right to be upset. I'm just saying that he's saying don't eat my art is pretty businessy. Mm. <laughs> that's not really my interpretation, but all right. Uh, that's one of the least businessy things you could uh, that you yeah. could do about art. <laughs> just, mm. Especially just, like do not art. do not eat my art. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sell out. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, Never in the Glory, it's the kid, obviously. It's Hog Hug. Does he get to bring the giant, I think, is the real question. I mean, our rules thus far are, are, well, quote-unquote rules, are probably yes. (laughs) The power level of this group went up really high. Oh, yes. Uh, so, on our current, uh, our current, uh, list, we have Luke from The Witches and Hog Hug. From the Iron Giant. Yeah, if he gets spring. I mean, who, I would who say... Who would name their like, kid Hogarth? Yeah, oh my god. You might as well call him, like, what was it, like, Zappa or something like that. Zappo. Yeah, Zappo. I uh, actually really like the name Hogarth. <laughs> um, I'm kind of, like, tempted, j- just because, like, the other two... Without the Iron Giant, I feel like he matches up with the other two pretty well. So right now I'm tempted to say no Iron Giant for him, but I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, we don't decide that now. It doesn't really matter. Okay, then yeah. Um, I I'm like pretty good. I think I've said every every uh, everything that I've got about this movie. Anyone else have any final thoughts? No, I think that's pretty solid. Am I misremembering the Mission Impossible movies where at some point someone takes off a mask and then, like, when they 
are finished the conversation with the person who they revealed themselves to, they take off another second mask and are actually a different person underneath. That probably happens in, like, the third one or something, yeah. That feels like something that would happen in Mission Impossible. Like, the, the movies are just masks past, like, the first one, so... Right. They, they really like using that technology in those movies. Okay. I saw the newest one. It was real boring. It was that very makes sense. slow. I brought that up for a reason, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, like... Yeah, I wasn't, re- like... I was going to answer the question, but... I was. So, time to rate the film. I'm going to rate this movie every piece of the Iron Giant except the one that the U.S. government kept to experiment on. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally exactly what I was going to say. I made the joke while we watched the movie. You can't take it from me. (laughs) I, I guess I give this movie one out of one authorizations you need to fire the missiles. Uh... One squirrel in Dean's pants out of one. I'd give this movie two bonsais out of a quite emptied lake. And I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Jeff. I'm Spencer. And I'm Zephyr. Uh, and as always, you can find us on downloadablezebras.com, and a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube, follow the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs>